Another episode of Breaking Mayberry, the podcast that makes any house a home. I'm one of your hosts. I'm Marty Schneider. The other host, Dan Ludwig. What did you just do? An Instagram caption for us? Did, <laughs> I think I did. Are we a novelty sign in a mom's bathroom right now? <laughs> Live, laugh, break Mayberry. Yeah, exactly. Why yeah. are in, we in, made of wicker now, motherfucker? <laughs> in this house. We believe that sheriffs should have ultimate free reign over everything and not respond yeah. to anything. We nip things in the bud. Yes. <laughs> oh god. Everything. Yeah. I don't I don't know how to express this vocally, but just imagine everything that I'm saying is a different font for each sentence. Every, this podcast now smells like sandalwood. Proud to announce it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's yeah. some dec- there's some decorative flowers in the bathroom of the podcast. Yeah, this podcast has one room that's just nautically shaped for or nautically themed for some reason. Yeah, Breaking I- Mayberry, the official podcast of doing a Cape Cod themed house, even though you're fucking landlocked. Yes, yeah, yeah. There is there's a reason why I got house on the brain, dude. There's a reason why yeah. I'm talking home decor. Uh, which is that mm-hmm. I took the plunge recently, uh, and uh, Sarah and I bought our first home. We are homeowners. Uh, as of last week, we signed the paper and gave over a a, a large sum of money uh, and are in process now of uh, all the stuff that comes after buying a house to make that house livable. It's cool. It's cool, man. Mm-hmm. This is a uh, it's like a major life milestone. But what I've noticed is, like, after getting married last year and doing this, yes, this is a a major life milestone, but it's kind of the only major life milestone where it is socially acceptable for people to be really judgy about it to your face. Yeah. Like... Oh, Marty, every time this comes up, guess what? I'm seething with jealousy. Seething with jealousy. I'm pushing so much of it down deep into my stomach where it's festering. I mean, at least the jealousy I can handle. I would be cool with that. That's sure, sure. But what I've gotten the other thing, right? Like when you tell somebody that you got, you're getting married, right? They get really excited for you. They're like, oh, when's the wedding? Oh, what are you doing? Oh, that's so cool. That's expensive, et cetera. When you tell somebody you bought a house, you get responses like, oh, ah, boy. Oof. Or, uh, you know, and it's so weird. Like, like people get to just say, like, oh, man, that's a, that's a decision. That's a move. They get to say that to your face. Like, if if someone tells you they're having a baby, you don't get to go, I wouldn't if I were you. Ooh, have <laughs> you checked baby prices lately? It's pretty <laughs> rough out there. Yeah, yeah, you're not, not a great market to, for babies. You're not allowed to say that shit. You can think it, but you're not yeah. allowed to say that shit. No, but with home prices, like with you buy a house, someone's just allowed to just straight up say like, oh, braver man than I am. I wouldn't do that. Like they think people can just be super judgy. 
or or it, it it really depends on like the economic factors. If you're talking to somebody who makes more money than you, uh, then it's gonna be that like, oh man, you'll get the in this economy. If you're talking to somebody who makes less money than you, you'll get the must be fucking nice, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, I, so yeah, everyone's just a complete dick to you on this particular like milestone of capitalist life. Well, I do like I do feel like how often do you get a chance to socially acceptably say, I think you made a severe financial blunder like like, (laughs) never, never. This is the only time where it is even vaguely acceptable to do that. Uh, And so, like, you know, if I'm a fucking 55 year old dad who who gets very few joys left in life. I'm, yeah, I'm going to yeah. seize upon that opportunity to be like, ooh, you picked a bad time to do Body this blow. milestone. Body blow. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm pulling up the rope ladder after I climbed up it, bud. I think you <laughs> fucked your life up. Yeah. Uh, also, it's also like the only time when anyone's ever allowed to just ask you like intimate financial details. Like, yeah. And I have to have the really boring conversation of like, actually, we got a good mortgage rate. We're thinking we can refinance at the end of the year. And it makes me want to die. Yes. Like, these are conversations that as a child, I would like, like you would fall asleep to. These are boring as grown up conversations, but it's yeah. all worth it, Dan. It's worth it. it because I have room for, you know, what ties a house together, Dan? Do you know what, what really what it really is? To build a home. What? Swords. Swords. Are you getting swords. a sword room, my dude? <laughs> swords, knives, axes, armor, things like that from battlingblades.com. <laughs> I actually <laughs> I actually asked my realtor when we were walking through. I the first time I saw this house, I said, Hey, how many high quality swords, knives, axes, and, and armor and other collectibles could this baby hold? And she was like I've seen your finances. I don't know if you like make enough money to, to buy all the swords and knives and axes that this house could hold. And I said, what if I use discount code Mayberry for 10% off or, but- or click the link below. And then I pointed down at the floor and she was like in the basement. And I was like, yeah, there's a hyperlink down there. <laughs> and she was like, that's going to cost extra. <laughs> Marty lost out on several houses because he brought a katana and and was like, I have to check how the light catches it in this room. Be like, no, no, you can't see you can't see the majesty of it. This isn't going to work. Sarah was just like, I'm in love with this breakfast nook. So anyway, if you use discount code Mayberry. And take advantage of their fast free shipping. When you buy swords, you might also have enough money left over to pay your outrageous property taxes. <laughs> Battling Blades. Please buy a sword. I have a mortgage. <laughs> Battling Blades. We made the inadvisable decision to live in Philadelphia. <laughs> Use discount code Mayberry or click the link below. All right. Welcome to. Let's do it. Let's do an episode, Dan. Let's do it. It's an so much fun selling out when it's sword related. It's so much better. Uh, let's get into the episode of the Andy Griffith show for today. Today's episode of the Andy Griffith show. I believe this is the last time we see these girls. It certainly it, feels like a last ride. 
It it is season five, episode twenty-eight, the arrest of the fun girls, written by Richard M. Powell, Dick Powell, he's back. Directed by Theodore Flicker. Theodore J. Flicker. Do you do you, do you want something? Do you want to? No, no. You you cut me off on the last one. I, it, his uh, name's Theodore J. Flicker, and that's fine. I think f- that's just neato. That his there's name nothing is funny that. about it. Okay. There's nothing funny about a man named Theodore J. Flicker. And it originally airs April fifth, nineteen sixty-five. Here is your one-sentence summary from Wikipedia. The fun girls get themselves arrested on purpose, once again disrupting the romantic lives of Andy and Barney. When Helma, Helma. once again dis, once again disrupting the romantic lives of Andy and Barney, when Helen and Thelma Lou become unnecessarily jealous after discovering them at the courthouse at night with the girls. There's that word again. Unnecessarily. I mean. I cannot say enough. I take umbrage with that word. I'm going to, all right. I'm going to say, I'm not going to say it's wrong to say unnecessarily. I will say it's a gross oversimplification of why they shouldn't be jealous. Kind of. It's a, this is a fucking fever dream of an episode. It feels like it's, 30 seconds right it feels like it's like five minutes and it just blasts past like a moving car and at the same time it feels like it's three and a half hours it's like harrowing okay so i just want to say up top before we jump into everything the fun girls die after this right that's why we never see them again they 100 percent die like this is the not just the last time they're in the show this is the last time they are seen alive I have other theories that we'll get to later, but yeah, okay, well, I, I can follow you on this. All right, if you if you don't know who we're talking about, the fun girls are a recurring character on here. They are, uh, we shouldn't call them girls because they are like fifty year old women. They are women. They are well. They are they are women who are anywhere between the ages of thirty and sixty. They've had rough lives. Um, yes, and- time has not been kind to the fun girls in the since we saw them last. And their role is to roll through town once a season uh, and act really annoying and horny for Andy and Barney and just cause chaos a little bit. And I say horny, like, uh, I don't really understand their motivation at all. Originally, when these girls appeared, I posited that they might be sex workers trying to get Andy and Barney, you know, to pay for a night on the town with them. But now I just cannot fathom their motivation because they go out of their way. Like they come from a, another town to Mayberry. And I get, I cannot believe that anyone would put this much effort into a Barney Fife dick appointment. I cannot yes. believe anyone would ever do this. Okay. I do want to, I do want to sort of double back to when we first met the fun girls because the fun girls weren't cool when we first met them, but they were like, almost cool they were kind of like like from a different show kind of where they were just like these chain smoking women that were fucking over all of it and they were like kind of eyeing up barney and andy being like yeah these guys are fucking squares but maybe they can kill some time for me like yes yeah they were like they were not fawning like oh man they weren't the canker sisters from ed ed and eddie they were like 
like and, and but they would they would basically be like, yeah, these guys might be good for a uh, for a night, like a little bit of fun. And that was it. And they have right. gradually morphed into this. What yeah. we are about to experience together bear, on this journey. Bear in mind that when the show says fun girls, it means sluts. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> All right. So we start off at the at the jail with our couples here, Andy and Thelma Lou. I'm sorry, Andy and Helen and Barney and Thelma Lou. Uh, and they're all sitting there. It's date night and they are doing the ultra fun thing of coming up with where do you want to go to dinner? And one fucking dude keeps shooting everything down. Yes. You know, that that fun experience, how you enjoy doing that in real life. What if you could watch other people do that on TV? Yeah. There are numerous complaints here. Uh, Barney complains that one place has like serves their chicken in like cream sauce. So they're you hiding could, the chicken from them. Yeah, they're hiding the chicken, or they're trying to. You could just not order the chicken, man. Like, yeah. Which, yeah, but it sounds like kind of the deal is that there's one thing on the menu at each restaurant at any given time. Based off of the way they talk about restaurants, they're like, "Oh, well, let's go to Angelo's. It's spaghetti night. It's where everybody, if you go to that place, you get some spaghetti." At least that's the way these guys talk about it. That's like, what it seems like, right? And that's why the idea of like a diner or a Chinese place where there's multiple things on the menu sounds uh, like I guess I guess everything is just the diner from my cousin Vinny. Yes. There are just you just go and order dinner. Sure. Barney's mad like at the idea of anything. You have a note here that Barney gets mad about going to a Wiener Schnitzel place. I would uh, I, in that moment. I was kind of hungry when I watched this episode, and I could I would I could have killed for a Wiener Schnitzel when he said that. Killed. Like really some good. German food. God damn it. Sounds dope. Sounds dope. Yeah. Uh, and then all of a sudden, Andy remembers that they have work to do. They have to get on a conference call with the highway department, who's calling all of the sheriffs in the town or in the state at ten o'clock at night absolutely flabbergasted that they have the technology for conference calls back then. Yeah. Weird time to do that. 10 o'clock at night. And Andy, I thought it was a lie at first. I, I got really far into the episode before realizing that that wasn't a weird lie that he said to get out of something. Yeah, no, he's, they, they actually do it. They have a call at 10 o'clock at night, which maybe that's the only time they could round up every single sheriff in North Carolina. I have no idea. Maybe it's, it's very odd. Uh, let's ignore that. And then they uh, they make a plan with the girls uh, to go and do something. Girls can go to the movie. We'll meet you up later. Uh, Basically, then- we'll be there for dinner. You guys go to the movie while we're in the conference call. And then we'll meet up after for activities, which Barney says they're going to want to go dancing. So what I'll do is fake a headache. So. You'll drop me off at Thelma Lou's place. You guys can go to Helen's place because four of us sitting in that car has never worked out. Yeah. So they, they, they make a fucking plan. They make a plan to get it they in. Make a, they make a plan to fuck specifically. And we have seen them go to a lake in a car together and we have pondered what the plan was there. And now we do have confirmation plan was to fuck in a car with your friend. Like, just kind of be fucking in the front seat while your friend's fucking in the back seat or vice versa. Your, 
not teenagers. All of you have homes. You have houses. Just go to them. And that's what they yeah. plan to do here. Yeah, which so, they have to so, maneuver around doing that. Exactly. Right. So, like, ev- all four of these people have homes. And so you got to imagine if they're if they're doing it, you know, front seat, back seat in a car at a lake, it's because they want to. You're not yes. teenagers and you have no other option. Okay, based off of Marty, Marty, based off of the way he phrased that, I think the thing is like, listen, we got to give it up. We're the fantasy that we have about fucking our girlfriends in a car together. I don't think is ever going to come true. So we're, we're going to just have to bite the bullet and fuck in our own respective homes and just give up on. We just got to let that dream die, man. Oh, well, there goes that dream. <laughs> it is. It is. Barney fucking giving up like right before he leaves because he's been pushing for this for that a was, while. This is not the first time that Barney has tried to do this. That was the only thing keeping him here was like one day I'm going to high five my best friend as we're both inside of somebody. <laughs> if that's not going to happen, it's time to hightail it out of yeah. here. Go back to the Raleigh YMCA. There's plenty of Eiffel <laughs> Towers to be made there. Um <laughs> I'm I'm gonna move on to my new life. It's time to leave this behind. And then he like walks in with a uh like to a box to his new job and it's like, hey, what's your deal? Oh, you know, I'm Gary. I love fucking in cars with another guy who's also fucking in cars. And it, Barney's just like, it's gonna be okay. It's time for a new chapter in my life. You know, Gary, I believe this is the beginning of a beautiful <laughs> friendship. Dude, both of our Don Knox are coming in. It finally happened. Five seasons. He's about to leave. Just in time for him to leave. Uh, So anyway, they just go outside and they're just hanging out on the bench for a minute. Uh, And then a car speeds by that is just doing like 50 and a 25 and just going like ridiculously. Uh, And so they go into cop mode. They're like, oh, man, we can't have somebody speeding around the streets on this. We got to go. They sprint out to the car. They pull these people over. It's the fun girls. Hey. So as we mentioned before, life has not been kind to the fun girls since we saw them, not just, you know, aging, but also in terms of their general vibe, things have really gone downhill. The, the cool distant fun girls who are kind of over everything gone replaced by uh, dull-eyed lunatics. Very much like Tex Avery, oh man, type deal. It's it's pure desperation. By the way, uh, the fun girls' names are Daphne and Skippy. Yeah. It is, it is pure de- desperation. It is... It is meth. It is meth-like. Yes. Okay, thank you. Okay. We're on the same page. I was I- going to say cocaine, is meth around? Do we have meth technology at this point in American history? I mean, we've we've invented Sudafed, so people have already have, have started working on it. We have cough syrup, so people have right. figured this shit out. We have yeah. our top men on it at this point yeah. in history. Top men. This is this is absolutely getting blitzed and being like, you know who we should call? You know who we should hang out with? You know who we should go to? We should go to Mayberry. We should go to those guys. Remember those guys at one time? Yeah. Remember that guy I almost gave an over the pants to? Yeah, I do. Let's go. Let's fucking go. Like they 
yeah, it has the vibe and planning of a fucking binge night. Like you is, are, well, and you're like on your fourth fucking day. Yeah, it is. It is so desperate the way these girls are coming off, right? Yeah. It's, it's very strange. So the point is that they got I, pulled I, over on purpose. Yeah, they yeah. got pulled over on purpose. They and and they immediately are a mile a minute. I am not. We are not reading into it. I refuse to accept any, uh, any open to any to anything other than they are really fucking high because they yeah. are a mile a minute. They're like, we're dangerous criminals. We got pulled over on purpose so that you have to come arrest us. You gotta. We we're you, we gotta lock us up. Oh no, we said we came and we wanted to have a picnic with you. We brought a picnic basket. You want? Do you want to have a picnic together? Take us to jail. Like just fucking mile a minute. I want to take a moment here uh, and just observe that your impression of a coked out fun girl is also a pretty good Floyd the Barber impression. <laughs> oh, Andy, I got pulled oh. over on purpose. I'm a bad boy. I don't know why that's Oh, the God. I don't know why that's the You better point. take me to jail, Andy. See, that's the thing is, I can't do Floyd while trying to do Floyd. No. All my impressions are just if, like a if different do, thing. If I try to do Floyd, he's just, he's just Snaggletooth. Yeah. Horny Snaggletooth. So everyone starts to gather around and be like, hey, who are these like blonde women who are causing a big scene and like licking the sheriff's nipples <laughs> right now like <laughs> who yeah like who who are these women that are like going to second base on the sheriff right now in broad daylight like, i i cannot stress this enough they like go straight for the grope they're like yeah hey, sheriff and remember that awooga sound effect yeah. i made earlier well they're honking a different horn like immediately like yes like, yeah, oh God, yeah, and, and so a, a crowd is starting to gather because they're like, "This is the most interesting thing that will happen in this town for the next six months." Barney keeps trying to disperse them with, which Andy keeps pointing out, like, "You are making it worse. You are making this more conspicuous." And I, you know what? I gotta say, at this point, man, we've dealt with these women before. Barney, get the pepper spray. Like, yeah, have okay. at it. So. The last time the fun girls made an appearance, I believe what the plan was, was Barney secured them to make Thelma Lou and Helen jealous, which backfired wildly. And then they stuck them with Gomer and Goober. Yes. So this is very much comeuppance for sins long past. Like they are kind of getting their just desserts that are very overdue, but like, so far back that they are basically different men. Yes. But yeah. So from here on out, Andy makes a decision and everything from that is just chaos. Just a a frantic like game of catch up. We will discuss like who made the right decision and when, but Andy's immediate call is, You get in their car with one of them and I'll put the other one in the squad car and we will drive them to the county limit and get rid of them. Extradition is his plan. Yes. His plan is to get them out of his jurisdiction, drive them over the county line and be like, legally, we can't talk to you anymore. Goodbye. 
Yes. Which not is his worst plan. Not not his worst plan. Not the best way to handle. I I mean, both morally and logistically, a pretty bad plan. A just, pretty just bad all fucking around. idea. Which yeah, you, uh, you know you know what's you know what's a really good idea when you have two women who are like very interested in in being with you is to separate and be alone with them. Yes. Yeah. They're Absolutely. definitely Let's, not going to read into that. Yeah. I sorry. What rewind because I think the only way that this plan fuck like works out at all is if immediately after dropping them off, Andy had shot out the back of their tires. Like just blam, blam, goodbye, and driven away. The only way that this works. They are they are at the county line. They have dropped off the girls. And the girls are like they're they're in they're like hands down the pants. They are climbing all over these boys. And yeah, Barney is putting up not a fight at all, but Andy is also not putting up too much of a fight, but they're just like, hey, all right, well, we'll see you later. We'll talk to you again soon. Which so, yeah, Andy is kind of squirming away. Barney is just kind of like hands on the shoulders, like just not basically Andy is squirming. Barney is doing toddler refusing to be fed. Yes, that is kind of their defense. Uh, tactics. Tippy is 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 like pushing her tits in front of his face, going, "Here comes the airplane!" <laughs> I forgot to tell you, that's what Skippy sounds like. Yes, she sounds like Javi Fierstein. Yeah, fourteen cigarettes a day, frog is what she sounds like. A- and Andy makes yet another crucial blunder, which is he isn't just like, "We're not interested in you romantically." Goodbye. He goes. Listen, we're going to come to you, okay? You go, you leave now, and we are going to come to you in Mount Pilot. We'll find you for sex. So just go over there and wait for us to have sex with you. And yeah, because, because he wants to, right? Like, there comes a certain point where it's not just, well, it would be, imp- it would be impolite to turn them down. It would be impolite yeah. if we rejected them. There comes a point where it's obviously not a matter of propriety. You are keeping that line open because you really want to, but you don't think you should. Like, okay, I that is a valid interpretation. I read it more as unbelievable levels of conflict avoidance, just pathological, just just not being able to tell a person I am not interested in having sex with you because I have a long term partner. But keeping them keeping their options open and not really trying that hard is also a completely valid interpretation of it. I just wonder what it says about you and I, that those were our two, our two individual reads on the same situation. Let's not read into that, please. Let's read into (laughs) it a little bit here because I want to play a game, Dan. I want to play a game. I want I want us to think about this. I want us to apply, apply the Andy Griffith show to our own lives, right? You and I, are two married men okay yes uh i want to play a game you you and i have had some frivolities you and i've had history together uh Mm -hmm. i'll I'll pick a specific night that makes it sound like we were lovers marty (laughs) that makes it sound we were gentlemen in victorian (laughs) london who had a summer dalliance 
Listen, for the Breaking Mayberry fanfic writers, I'm just going to leave that there, right? Okay. I'm just going to let I'm just going to let you have that and neither confirm or deny or expound on that. But listen, listen. There was there was a a night years and years ago where you and I were oh accosted, god like saddlebagged by 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 fun girls of our own. It was a pair of flight attendants who we met on South Street who were ready for a good time and they just latched themselves onto us. And we were both in relationships at the time. I don't remember if you were dating Brianna. No, no, this was way before Brianna. Way before Brianna. But let's just go ahead and, and, and figure that. So it's just, we won't get into the details. A pair of flight attendants who wanted a good time latched themselves onto us and we had to push this away because we were going to a midnight showing of some anime. Yeah. And we, and, we foist, and we foisted them off onto your brother and he had a terrible night. But let's just say, let's put ourselves in this position. Okay, let's but I do say, want to contextualize our decision making on that because we were walking down South Street with my brother. Two girls popped out, asked if there were any good bars that uh, around there. We suggested one and they said, we are flight attendants in town looking for something fun to do. And we were like, we were both kind of like, that sounds like a fun way to spend an evening. And then we sat down with them and about 20 minutes in, we were like, wait, we're not going, we're both in relationships. This sucks. This is, and they were, why did we think this was going to be fun? They, because they were also not fun people to be around. Like I no, was not enjoying shit house they were, drunk. They were nuts. They were insane. Yes. But okay. Let's just go ahead. Right. There's there's crucial backstory. Let's pretend that we're in this situation, Tan. Let's go through this this episode as if the fun girls were our fun girls. And I just want to figure out, like, at what point in time in these actions do you think we would find ourselves super divorced? Okay. Like at, at what stage of this do you think the divorce alarm would have been pulled on us? So let's let's go ahead and, and walk through this. Okay, so is it is it only at the intervals where they get caught, or is it basically at any point my wife bursts in? Like, I'm on the highway in this scene, and then suddenly Brianna passes in a moving car and is like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, is that... Let's let let's assume that everything is playing out this way, but also okay. our wives aren't fucking stupid. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, so we have two checkpoints. Now, in this scenario, are these women that we've hooked up with before? Are these it's, just it's, some chicks? It's the flight attendants. It's the it's people we it have is, we have we have some history with. Okay. Yes. All right. All right. Okay. So, so we we have made the decision to get in cars with these drunk women that that we went that we went to a bar with one time. And in separate cars. And then we, they groped us on the side of a highway and we promised to come fuck them later. <laughs> so, so far, if any of this is coming to light, it's pretty close. It's pretty, it's pretty bad. Pretty bad. Now, now by promise to fuck them later, what the actual words are is like, we promised we, we lied ideally because Andy is lying supposedly yeah and saying we'll see you another time well we'll we'll get to you know it's like it's like when you tell any of your friends you'll get together and play poker sometime like yes it's it's a lie you're you're lying so 
so far, I feel like we would be in the clear. Not great. I don't think they would love the situation, but I think we'd be in the clear. To the jail. Back to the jail. So they have the conference call where they talk about closing off some highways and closing out a lane. And then there's some folksy peasantry bullshit where they promise to give the CHP chief a ham or something. Yeah. You give me your steak sauce. I'll give you some trout. Yeah, whatever. The fun girls show back up at the jail because of course they do. Because yes. you, they just get in their car and turn around. Yes. They were right behind you the whole time. If anything, the only, it's weird that they took them. It took them this long to get here. They must have pulled over to do another bump. <laughs> so they burst in like it's really there are a lot of moments in this that are monster movie. And this is very much like it's like the birds where all of the fucking like vultures have exploded into a room like they're just suddenly there, moving around and making a lot of noise, much to the two men's horror. <laughs> the, so the girls have shown up like, oh, we're at your place of work now. We've brought our own music. You guys want to play? Which is basically like if some if a girl showed up at my office with just like a Bluetooth speaker, just blasting like Megan the Stallion. Like, yeah. And so they are they are dancing together and they are there. They lock the girls in the jail cell because what the fuck else are they going to do? And Andy makes a plan to like go to the diner. He's like, okay, I'll cover for us. You stay here and watch the girls. I'll tell the women that I'll tell our girlfriends that we had to book some prisoners and now you have to stand guard. So the the impetus for this is that the girls are like, oh, wouldn't it be sexy if we pretended to be prisoners? We're you're locking us up. This is erotic role play. And Andy just goes like and taking the key away. All right. They're in there now. Like, yeah. they are arrested. So, yeah, we're going to roll with that development. And so. so- Barney is now stuck with these very loud, annoying women that he is not sleeping with. Yes. One of which has brought their own ukulele and. Just the true nightmare scenario. Just a a night. Listen. Ukulele girls. Not even once. Never. Do not date a girl that comes with her own ukulele. Uh, Zoe Deschanel ruined that for all of us. Yeah, so that was very much a uh, dudes don't behave like Ryan Gosling. You do not look like Ryan Gosling thing where girl Mm -hmm. don't don't you are not that good at playing a ukulele. It's not going to be charming. Do you think do do ukulele girls still exist? That feels like a deeply 2010, 2011 kind of thing. One of them just did a lot of crimes on YouTube. So at oh, least there's yeah. one of them hanging around. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. true. That's true. Yeah, one of them is uh, in hot water legally. So um, there's, I mean, that might be the death of the ukulele girl. <laughs> that might be the last gasp. That's the final nail in the coffin. Yeah. Like they, all the, like the, the last remaining girls that play ukulele passionately were like "Ah, it's time to hang them up (laughs) so at the diner motherfucker i andy andy is acting like 
like Ray Liotta in the last third of Goodfellas. <laughs> yes, I was really what? trying to pace. I was like, he is behaving so even sketchier than what this situation calls for. He is like, there is a dead body in the trunk of my car. Like, yeah. Thumbelou's just like, hey, are you okay? You're acting really weird. And he's like, you see those helicopters? That helicopter <laughs> been looking at me the whole time? Like, Thumbelou just asked questions like, how did you book a prisoner like that late at night? How did that happen? Oh, the uh, state police dropped him off. Yep. Uh, Barney's got to just hang out there. Yeah. Uh-huh. He like, is one step before, shifting like, What is this? 20 questions? Am I on fucking Jeopardy? Huh? Huh? Is this an interview show? Why do you care? What are you, my boss? Smoking a cigarette, smoking a cigarette. <laughs> So at this point, I feel like our wives, if, if if I'm the one acting this way, I feel like our wives are definitely like, what the fuck is going on right now? If if one of us is in is in a like at dinner with with both of our wives and behaving this way, they're both immediately like, where is the other one? Where is Dan right fucking now? We are going directly to him. We are not even paying the bill. Like basically like we would be in such deep shit for having this interaction, even if it was nothing. I tell you exactly what happens is Sarah pulls me real close and she says, honey, honey, look at me. Look at me. Are you high right now? Are you on drugs right now? Is a question that she would justifiably ask me. I, I think if I'm, I think if I'm, if I'm being honest, B's first assumption would be they are planning some sort of fun surprise for me. I think like oh, there yeah, is yeah. a level of trust that you would be like, oh, surprise party. They're doing a surprise party uh, or something like that. And then the disappointment of finding out that that wasn't happening would would really set a bad tone for the rest of it. Yes. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So we are already we are already we haven't bought the tickets to Divorce Town, but we are at the station. Yes. Back at the jail, the only funny scene in this in this episode, I would say, because our man Hal Smith Otis wanders in, as he is wont to do on uh, they a Monday night at the beginning of the episode. At the beginning of the episode, Barney said that he was he didn't want to have the Monday night special, but the next day is apparently Saturday night, so nothing makes any sense here. But so bad writing, bad writing. Otis comes in and he wanders into his cell as he would do. And he sits down and he sits right on top of Skippy or Daphne or whatever. whatever. He sits on Skippy. He sits on Skippy. Hey, what are you doing here? And he goes, this is my cell. Well, whatever. We got two beds. and He does sort of the normal Otis routine of like, this is my cell. And I would appreciate it if you would vacate the premise urgently like basically being very cordial while being shit-faced and then he's and then she's like well you're locked us in here we're like well then we may agree to split the bed and then he sits down on the other one she starts basically accusing him of trying something and then his whole like normal otis routine just goes out the window as he's like fuck fuck what the fuck is going on just like he starts like grabbing the bars and yelling andy there's two women in my cell he, he, it's, what he specifically says, and I want to call it out because it's the funniest line of the episode, is 
Barney, Barney, my cell is full of women. Yeah. Great. Thanks, Hal Smith, for rescuing us for this. Thank you for the brief reprieve here. Back at the diner, Andy is like, he's peed himself at this point. (laughs) He's having a nervous breakdown. He, he, okay, back, cutting back to what Sarah, oh, Sarah would say to you in this, she would like lean in close, be like, Marty, if there's like a sniper trained on you right now, like, give me the signal. Like, It's, it's wild because Andy lies all the time. That's like his number one move is to lie to people. And he's doing it here, but like under like any push whatsoever, he's just, he's knocking over water. He's getting defensive about having knocked over water. He's Jerry Lewis. Like just radically changing subjects. It's just, it's a mess. It's just like everything you don't want to do. Embarrassing. Embarrassing. He leaves. He's like, far he has fallen from the slick con man that we first met to this wreck of a man. He leaves to go pay the bill and the girls are like, you know, what would be nice. Let's let's go surprise Barney. It sucks that he has to be at work. Let's go to the jail and do something really nice. So that's the plan. They're going to show up at the jail being wonderful partners. So hard cut to the jail where things have really gone south with the fun girls. They have (laughs) breached containment and are becoming aggressive. Uh, Like the alarm is is set off. Yeah, it's like there's flashing red lights, like armed guards are storming around. The fun girls are in the vents uh, picking people off. They are they have gotten out of the jail cell. Barney had to just send Otis away. The fun girls are very upset about that. They 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 are very mad that they sent uh, Otis away because Otis is the only one who's down to clown. Right. And and yeah, it's kind of sounds like in the interim, Otis was like, oh, okay, let's have a threesome in the jail. And they were like, I don't know. And then Barney kicked him out because it was like the only one that was down for some fun was that fat drunk guy. So who knows what kind of fucking chaos got in there? You know what, man? Just you should have just let him do it. Like, close your eyes and cover your ears and and just let it happen. And And this is no longer your problem. Yes. Let right? let an alcoholic fuck away all your problems. Solved a lot of a lot of issues for me in my twenties. So yeah, but those issues have all come back now <laughs> in your thirties. Oh God. Okay, so time to pay that bill, motherfucker. <laughs> so the fucking um the fun girls are becoming aggressive that Barn there's being like, you don't want to fuck us, do you? We're starting to think that you do not want to have sex with one or both of us. And I am starting to get irate about that. And like, they're like, we've come all this way. We brought you things. We wanted to party and you won't party with us. They say he's no fun. And he's like, I'm fun. Really not getting into a productive argument. Not the right response. Not the right response. But the response of somebody who's still trying to push the limits here. Yeah. Like Barney's Barney's trying to walk that tightrope and it's not a tightrope he can walk. Yeah. 
so this is so the situation is spinning wildly out of control inside outside uh, barney keeps trying to turn off the light so they'll go to sleep the one of the fun girls kisses him turns the light back on he turns it off she kisses him turns the light back on outside andy is just like he's turning off the lights that means everybody's going to sleep lights go back on oh we should go in lights go off no no they're definitely asleep at this point i want to i want to point something out about the notes you gave us here because what you wrote here uh in the notes for that description was light switch antics and with the light switch what i read was light switch antics (laughs) like there was just a little bit of back and forth bdsm just going back and forth just some light switching just some light Going from going from Daddy Dom to to Subby, just a little bit going back and forth, maybe what, involving an actual switch. So that's what I read. <laughs> that's what and I used to put on my OK until, Cupid profile. <laughs> so it wasn't until you said this just now that I realized that that said light switch antics and not light switch antics. Andy, <laughs> Andy comes in. Okay. Andy comes so, in and like, what are we gonna do? What are we gonna do? Andy Andy basically sprints in and is like, we have 30 seconds to come up with a solution. We are so fucked. Do you have anything? Like, basically, like, we can rush them out the back and and try to do something. But he is like five seconds from being like, listen, go get the guns. We <laughs> there's no way out we gotta the most panic he's ever been including like the multiple times where there are armed gunmen yes where he has almost gone to jail (laughs) like (laughs) this is yeah he is he is in full-on panic mode he is he is very much ray liotta at the end of goodfellas so uh yeah he he bursts in he's having this frantic conversation and the fun girls just start grabbing them and dancing with them very strong women, these two. Yeah. I mean, coke strength and or meth strength. And at this point, Thelma Lou and Helen burst in. And would you like to return to our earlier thought experiment? Okay. So. At this point. I think we would be in, in a lot of trouble. I don't necessarily think it would be necessarily the fact that the girls were there. I think it would be the lying about the very obvious lying about the girls we had done before that would have, that would get us in trouble here. If, if like our wives came in and they saw these women and they knew what the deal had been and they were like, they would go, ah, fucking God damn it. Like, I think we would be in trouble. I don't think this is the point of no return yet, but Oh, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty bad. Like it would take a lot to get it, to get us out of this. So that, but also B would now be realizing that she is in fact not getting any sort of fun surprise, right? Which so, again, so she now, has that crushing disappointment. So now she has this idea, like the surprise party uh, is not happening, and instead it's some hoes trying to get with your husband. Yes, surprise! So, <laughs> I, I guess that's that's kind of a surprise party. Kind of a surprise party. It's a party, and she was surprised by it. Yes. So really, really hypothetical, Brianna, you have no right to be mad about this. Don't let her hear that. (laughs) She will be mad at me. 
She <laughs> listens to this podcast. I know she does. She is a couple of episodes behind, so you have a time limit to get out of the country. <laughs> um, okay, so let's let's rewind, because Thelma Lou quick fast forward, Thelma Lou later says, if you had just told us that this was happening, it would have been fine. Yes. Rewind to where we are right now. If we had, if we're in this situation with our own version of the fun girls and we just went to our wives and we're like, Hey, some crazy girls from our, our past have reemerged and are being weird at us. I think we would both be mocked, but (laughs) beyond that, nothing else. We would both be roasted into oblivion. (laughs) And then I think it is safe to say my wife would fucking curb stomp Libby. <laughs> Lizzie, whatever the fuck her name is. Like, if the situation persists, the fun girls would find themselves on the receiving end of violence from our wives. Isn't it weird how Thelma Lou and uh, Helen never confront the girls? Ever? No, I thought that they were going to get a, hey, back off. Like... Like, you know, the second one, I thought it was going to basically be like Thelma Lou screaming at these women to get out of the house. But no, no that would require them having agency. Yeah. Instead, they're just like, you can't have them. Like, I mean, regardless of the situation on our end, those fun girls getting fought. Those fun right. girls are in for a fucking evening. But yeah, so if we if we told them we would have been mocked relentlessly for anywhere from six to 12 months. And yeah, if we had get by and cut and even if they believed us, which is doubtful because I mean, how does this fucking look? Even if they believed us, we would still be in the shit for six to 12 months because it would be like, well, you should have just fucking told us if they don't believe us. Then I think, I think divorce, I think it's just really a question of which one of us would get divorced first. So, yeah. So like we said, Helen and Thelma Lou never confront the fun girls. So the girls get mad. The girlfriends get mad, I should say. They leave. Andy loses his cool. He yells at the fun girls, get out, just get out, just leave. We don't want you. You've made a big mess. The girls scream back like, we did all this for you. We did this. We came here. We came. The dr- drunk girl screeching. Yes. Uh, and then they storm out. We wanted to have a picnic and you can't do anything nice for anybody. Like, Yeah. <laughs> The the longer we talk about this, the more I got to tell you, this is a nightmare scenario. This absolutely hell. This is terrible for everyone involved. This is the worst. Okay, I I I had nights like this when I was twenty three years old, and I never want to do it again. I that is the thing I I do want to say is I have never had this whole extended thing happen, but I have had each and every individual element of this happen. Yes. Across different scenarios in over the course of my twenties, like different points in time in your life. Yeah. 
Yes. Like that this screaming thing where you are like asking a drunk girl to leave and telling her that you don't want anything to do with her and just you've asked politely and then she starts screaming that there that you can't do anything nice for anybody anymore. Ha- happened. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I've, yeah. I've, I've had that. That's happened to me. Yep, uh, yep. And then and then Andy and Barney at the end of this, they just start yelling at each other like, fuck this. What? They, they get they get off on on each other. They're just kind of. Yeah, they, they, they sit for a moment and just sort of sit in the wreckage of their fucking lives and then eventually turn on each other. And Barney is like, well, if you just kept them out of that, out of the police station. And Andy's like me. Andy's the one that's really fucked this the most, though. He's sort of been the shot caller on everything they've done so yes. far. And yeah. all of the decisions have been catastrophic. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't imagine that Barney would be doing better if he was calling the shots. So the next scene here, I, I actually I, I actually really like. I like how this, yeah. this goes. We cut to Andy and Helen in the car. Uh, and Helen, uh, Anita Coruscant, is so fucking good. This is the best I've yes. ever seen her be. She is just emanating rage, but that quiet rage, that no, everything's fine. I'm not mad. There's no problem here. While like not making eye contact and staring off in you know a hundred yards into the distance, there, like, it's the, that level of of rage. It is. It's the kind of rage where you're like not even talking to the person. You are talking to an answering machine, and yes. like you don't even get to be in the same fucking room with me. I am here. You are speaking to a cardboard cutout as me of me. And I am like sitting way in the back of the room calling you a fuck face. Like yeah. I'm not even here. She is so mad. She's having an out of body experience. Yes. And, and, and Andy, Andy is apologizing to a shell. <laughs> yes. And, and she is, she says like, we have we have no hold on each other. You're allowed to stand me up whenever you want. It doesn't matter. Clearly, you can do whatever you want. You're your own man. Just basically being like, oh, yeah, like, fuck you. This means nothing. So and he manages to he his approach is we are both adults. Therefore, you should believe me. Which I think also his defense is kind of if I was going to cheat on you, do you think I'd be this fucking stupid about it? <laughs> Which not a great defense, but a defense, a defense you know? better than, hey, you're acting like a baby. <laughs> like he, he who represents himself has a fool for a client. But, you know, he 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 kind of goes with the overall strategy of I thought you were smarter than this, <laughs> which is it is a miracle that it goes over as well as it does, where she's just like. You get one shot. You get absolutely one fucking shot to to pull this off. I, I gotta, I gotta say here, you know, speaking on on her behalf, on Helen's behalf. Look, we've given up on Thelma Lou ever wising up and, and dumping Barney. That's never gonna happen. J- hashtag justice for Thelma Lou is never happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's like that. She is deep into the sunk cost fallacy, right? That is. That that is is locked. 
Helen's got no reason to fucking stick around. Like they're not, they're clearly not super serious. And this is like the third time this has happened this season. How many times yeah. has this happened? Let me, let me go to Wikipedia and control F unnecessary. And I'll see how many results I get to tell you how many times this has happened. I'm not going to do that, but yeah. it's happened very recently like it happened like with the cousin three episodes ago it happened with the cousin three episodes ago it happened it's happened with these same fun girls very recently this has happened a couple of times you know yes so she has no reason to stick around she should just bail she really should knows that like but then basically what she's saying to him at in the car is like i can go whenever i want like yeah we have you have nothing on me i can be out of here in five seconds so things i like about this scene i like the framing i like helen's uh anita coruscant's performance and then i like this cut this cut to andy and i'm sorry to barney and thelma lou same positioning same framing same setup barney's apology going much worse Yes. Barney is just basically berating her into what's his like what's his general like tenor of the apology again? His general tenor I would say is well it's your fault for thinking this would happen. Like you would never have understood and that's why I had to lie to you. He's he's going hard on the gaslight. That is basically, if I had told you the truth, you wouldn't have believed me, so I had to lie. Or or, or really, more specifically, just like, hey, honey, I lied to you, because if I told you the truth, you would be mad. And I yes. don't want you to be mad, so... Ah. <laughs> it's no, it's kind of it, it's kind of worse where it's like, listen, I wanted to tell you the truth, but, and you know this, you're too stupid to understand it. So I had to lie to you because you would have gotten it into your dumb head that I was cheating. So I had to lie to protect you. And she's like, I'm pretty mad, but she's, but you're making good points because Thelma Lou has no fucking self-respect. I've given up on this woman. So I, deeply. I, I th- at this point, I'm just like, just whatever. Okay. Like, yeah, I no longer care. You, I have, we have resigned ourselves to this. I have you given have up said, all hope. You have said justice for Thelma Lou, and I'm kind of like lost cause. Like, cancel that fundraiser. We're not running that 5K again. It's, it, it's just divert your efforts to, uh, cancel, like, deactivate that hashtag. We're, we're putting our efforts elsewhere. So she basically says, like, okay. Same as Helen, you get one shot. Promise that you'll never lie to me again. And he's like, I promise. He's promised that before. All right, whatever. Yes. Uh, yes. Back, back to the jail. Andy and Barney are like, huh? Uh, yeah. Andy that's, says, that's... I think I squeaked by. Yeah. Yeah. So, because, yeah, that is, we, I don't think we really got into the the stakes that were applied here what which was the last time the fun girl showed up it was the closest both of them have ever come to breaking up like yes this is the biggest danger their relationships have ever been which is why they are free they have been freaking out so bad the entire time yeah so 
they are both like, okay, I think we survived. It's over. We just have to kind of enter the rebuilding stage of our lives. We, the bombing <laughs> is over. It is time to rebuild London. <laughs> and they are, they, they have a plan here. They're like, okay, we'll bring the girls over to the house. We'll do something nice. We'll have a real nice evening. Uh, and we'll, we'll play some music. We'll have a good time. And maybe we can start rebuilding. Uh, and they're, they're, like the way it's delivered is like even Andy doesn't think that's gonna work. They're both just like super resigned. Like, and then uh, Barney has a good line. Yeah, you know what our problem is? We're just too attractive to women, or like our only crime is being attractive to women. Yeah, it's a, it's 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 an, a decent line. It's a decent capper yeah. on this. You know, it's I, I think- it's it's yeah. very always sunny. It's 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 like a line that Dennis would say on Always Sunny. Yeah, you know what our only crime is? Pause. We're too attractive to women. Like, yeah. I don't know if that's our only crime. <laughs> I think the other crime may have been arson. Yeah. That was my Charlie Day impression. How was it? It was pretty good. It you just don't have the natural Charlie Day impression that I do. Yeah. Yeah, just having his voice. Yeah. So, so back to the house uh, that night. Aunt B runs in in a flurry, just like Aunt B's, just like Code Red, Code Red. <laughs> Aunt, okay, Aunt B fucks this because she has a lot of moves that she. So two drunk girls are in the kitchen. They have reemerged. They they have completely forgotten the entire prior argument. It's gone. They did another bump. It was it, it's evaporated. They went. They they did a factory reset. So they're they're here. Aunt B just comes out, and she isn't like code red. She's like Andy, huh? Huh? Like kind of like does a like there's something wrong. She really should have met them out on the lawn, and. <laughs> Like she should have gone them. running down the street. <laughs> yes, she, she should have jumped sh- on the squad car as it pulled up. She probably should have pulled a gun on these women. If I'm being honest, if two cokeheads burst into your house, be like, we're here to fuck Andy. She should have been like, all right, well, I'm in danger. She should have fed them chicken and dumplings spiked with rice. In. Like, yes. This, like, these are not, really cannot emphasize enough if you have not watched the episode, what an alarming presence these two women are. It's not, it's not like, ooh, these, these seductive, like, women. It's like, oh my god, it's like two clowns. Like, they've just exploded through the wall and are wreaking all sorts of chaos. Much, much like Ernest T. Bass, like, at this point, like, they are a force of their own. And you can only hope to survive the half hour. Like, I, there is no way to be rid of the fun girls without killing them at this point. I, I'm going to say, you know what it's you know what it's like? It's like if the Mike Myers cat in the hat was trying to fuck you. That is kind of 
Like they're just, just this the vibe I got from the Mike Myers cat in the hat. So you, <laughs> you, you intensely sexual. Ended, yes. Yes. You could have just left that sentence uh, yes. a, little, a few words earlier. Brevity's the soul of wit, my dude. They, they, when they were filming that, the director was like, can you give us more Austin powers, more of that energy? And he was like, are you sure? Are you, you seen the movie, right? You know what that energy is. And they'll be like, yeah, 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 yeah. Do the Austin powers energy as you interact with these children. We have you under contract. You legally have to make this movie. Hey, 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 I'm the cat in the hat and I'm horny, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Just go breaking camp. Please don't make me do this. Please, please make this be a better movie. Please. I'm so I'm begging you. God damn it, Dan. You mentioned it. So they're going to make us fucking do the join our Patreon $8 a month and you'll get to the inevitable cat in the hat episode. Cause now that we've said it on the air, they're going to make us do it. It has to be a new one of you. Okay. It can't be an existing one. You can't already be paying us money. You have to be, it has to be a new one. Okay. There has to be more. We're making it a fucking goal. All right. <laughs> hey, give us more. I've already seen it. It's bad. Like I have demands. <laughs> so, the fun girls just burst out of the kitchen, just Kool-Aid man through through an open door. Like, I didn't even know this was possible. Yeah. Like, they just scattered debris in their midst, and Helma, Helen and Thelma Lou don't even, they just, they just, they bail. They're just like, nope, fuck this, they're gone. At this point, right, I think that we are super divorced, right? Yes. Like, at this point, our wives are going straight to attorneys. You know? Yes. Which, okay, I I feel like there is one crucial difference between divorce and our wives fucking these women up. And it is the testimony of the eyewitness Aunt B, who has been there from the emergence of these uh, of these fun girls, uh, who I think can attest. Yeah, Andy and Barney did not invite them here in any way. They have not. Been, this has not been endorsed they broke in like i feel like ampy would be like they were here they jimmied the lock they were here <laughs> when i got home if, they, if anything, they, it's, this is this is a home invasion this is the strangers yes, <laughs> yes. i th- i think one of them has a knife uh, I, I managed to get all of me to the neighbor's Andy. house <laughs> yeah I, I think with depending on what aunt b's testimony is of of, of just being like these women are on a lot of cocaine i lived through the uh, through the 1910s i know what it looks like <laughs> so she can save them if you have an eyewitness in this situation you you can't survive otherwise if she's got nothing for you oh boom, my crater god of oh my god that would make so much more fucking sense oh my god okay fast forward a second here uh i'm just gonna tell you right now uh, this just gets magically resolved off screen and we're never told how. Okay. Yeah. The next next scene outside the jail at the end of the episode is just Andy and Barney going, oh man, it's really cool that Thelma, Lou, and Helen forgave us again. They're very understanding. Fuck you. Fuck you, Dick Powell. Fuck Dick you, Dick Powell. Powell. This is the second time you've done this where just like during the commercial break, they were forgiven and you didn't have to show how. Yeah. You just gave a plausible explanation. Like 
boy, I'm, I'm real glad that Aunt B talked to the girls and told them what was going on. Like, yeah, that's a plausible explanation. Sure. Whatever. That's a yeah. scene you wouldn't need to show. No, nope, no. Everything worked out off screen. Fuck you. Worst it's writing. So... I hate this fucking trick. I am. I'm going to give it one endorsement. I'm going to give it what? Not endorsement. I'm going to give it one thing. The fact that they don't have to spend any time resolving the situation adds to how much fucking chaos they can cram into the episode. That is the one benefit. We can describe this as a fucking fever dream. It is just, it is just an absolute nightmare. It is like, it is like huffing paint and, and like having seven stress dreams in rapid succession. So there is that quality that I do appreciate that it is deranged, but it basically as a result of them giving themselves this fucking cheat code and being shitty writers. But yeah, that is a valid explanation for how you got out of it, which is Aunt B like grabs the women and is like, one of them took an upper decker as soon as she got here. I She didn't say why. She said it was a Cleveland hello. I don't know what it means, but the the other one reeked of piss. They tried to take Opie, all right? This wasn't what it looked like. The women burst out, and Helen and Thelma Lou just bail. Just like they, they don't even As say they anything. They should. They just, you, you, they... They cut to the fun girls being like, let's have a dance. And then they cut back to Andy and Barney. And you just see the back of Thelma Lou and Helen as they leave and get in a car and drive away. Good. Good for them. A hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, and before we close out this scene, I just want to say that this does end with Barney going, well, you know, they're here anyway. And it's Saturday yeah. night. So, uh revealing you know play, playing his fucking hand revealing that like this is what he was pushing for the whole time yeah you know which andy i think the response off camera was this is the house where i raise my son like yeah this is yeah. my aunt is watching like absolutely not otherwise we'll go I to your place been, yeah exactly otherwise i think he might have been like yeah let's do it fuck it yeah but yeah so off camera they managed to talk their way out of it Presumably, this is seven months later when they have finished doing that. <laughs> they invented couples counseling and then went to it and then succeeded at it. And now their relationships are back. But otherwise, I don't see how this is anything other than that. The the stinger here is they see a car that goes again and they go, oh, man, that car was going so fast. It wasn't going 50. What kind of car was it? Oh, shit. That was an old jalopy with two women in it. And they go, uh, maybe it wasn't going that fast. Nah, it probably could have been going that fast. I mean, there's no traffic today. And then uh, Aunt Barney just straight up says, like, well, what do we do if uh, if they come back? And Andy's like, we're just going to go inside and pretend we don't see them. And then that car just, like, keeps going 50 miles an hour through town. And I assume hits and kills johnny paul jason right yes i assume that this ends with them hitting a child like vehicular homicide is absolutely the end of this or as you theorize one little leg flopping around behind the car as it goes 60 down the highway or as you theorize at the beginning maybe they thumb and louise this and just be like 
if we can't have the boys, we don't need to live. And they just hold hands as they barrel off a cliff or something. It, it, it is definitely like the fun girls had a reign of terror for three months, just unable to the, the law cannot touch them within the County of Mayberry as they do several crimes while trying to get Andy's attention. Uh, and then they like, crashed into a tractor trailer at 90 miles an hour killing a man and that is the end of the fun girls and nobody ever talks about it live fast die young leave a eh, looking corpse <laughs> you know <laughs> you know what it is is like andy andy and barney are sitting out back and they're like you know, I think uh, I don't think they're actually going 50 miles an hour. I think it's actually uh, 30. No, I think it's 20. And then there's a suddenly a huge explosion and a fireball and they're just like resolved itself. Like they, they definitely like Tokyo drifted into the side of a fucking drugstore. Oh, they, they, they hit the filling station. Gomer is on fire, right? Goober is on fire right now. Yeah. Oh, golly. <laughs> you can't do a Goober impression because it's not to him. Uh, ratings. Okay, so as an episode of television meant to be enjoyed, I would place it pretty low in terms of, like, the Norman Lear spectrum. I would say, like, a, a four. In terms of an obscure art house movie that I watched about a descent into madness, give it, like, an eight. It, I think, it kind I of think is accidentally really good. I think you got to split the difference here at six, which is where I was planning on putting it anyway. There are yeah. moments of this I really like. I really like Hal Smith's scene. I really like the car scene, uh, the framing of that. For for being their like, last hurrah, um, I like that the fun girls themselves, the women who play the fun girls, uh, Gene Carson and Joyce Jameson, they've decided... This is our last our last ride. We're going fucking balls to the wall on it. Yeah. So I like their decision. So as an episode of TV, I got to put this at a six. Andy Meter is a six for me. Yeah, yeah, I'd say that's about right. And Barney Meter. So Barney Meter is... is weird here, right? So like how much psychic Ooh. damage did this do? Uh, I think that this portrays uh, a very unrealistic uh, portrayal of what you can like get away with in a relationship mm -hmm. like, or what you should, what you should expect your partner to forgive. Like, I think that's what this comes down to is like, maybe this would have sunk in like, well, okay. On TV, this isn't such a bad, this, this sets a lot of precedence for, okay, this isn't so bad. You should forgive me for this. It also kind of has the moral of, Hey, listen, sometimes loose women just show up and kind of just just keep trying to fuck you. And you are like your your husband is like, no, I don't want to. But they just will not leave him alone. And Honey. that is why it looked like that when you came into the living room. Like he didn't <laughs> want that lady to have her top off, but as this episode of the Andy Griffith show will will clearly demonstrate they be like that sometimes and it's not his fault so it is kind of like a little sometimes it's, just fall in your lap yeah 
I don't know where she got that idea that I was going to buy her a Rolex if she fucked me, but she kept yelling it in the in my office and I could not get rid of her, honey. Like, yeah. So what? It's a little old fashioned fucking like madman businessman sugar daddy. Are you talking about that's buying Rolexes? I don't know when a Rolex is invented. I guess. Yeah. Back then it was probably like. Oh, I thought I thought I thought you were making this modern, right? Like I thought I thought you were making this. Oh a no, modern I was Sugar like, Daddy this situation. is this is old timey. Like this okay, is okay. this is this is Mad Men era. This is like a lady in a in a hoop skirt. Got it, got it, got it. Yeah. No, I I don't I'm, I don't believe I don't believe twenty twenty four sugar babies are pushing for Rolexes. Yeah, yeah. that I, I'm uh, honey. That that woman of the night kept coming in and doing the Charleston in my office. I couldn't get rid of her. <laughs> Okay, now I think you've gone too far back in the time machine, yeah. Doc. Yeah, she keeps doing a sock hop with me. I don't know what to do, honey. <laughs> so, so I gotta say, for maybe because I'm just desperate to move the Barney meter, like I'm a, I'm squeezing WD forty on it to get it to work. Uh, yeah, I'm putting that at, at a four. I'm putting it at a Barney four. I, I, I put it at a four. It's like some weird. <laughs> It's like some weird pre-gaslighting. It's like a propaganda tour for infidelity. It's like, like, it's like, it's basically like, listen, before you even ask, we're going to say, here's how it goes sometimes. Okay. Like it's, it's literally, it's like one of the writers came in and was like, listen, some stuff's about to come out about me and I need an Andy Griffith show episode (laughs) to make sense of it real fast. I, you gotta wonder what Mrs. Powell's opinion of this episode yeah. is. Yeah, right? some chickens are about to come home to roost, and I need to be a. I need my good pal Andy Griffith to make some sense of it for me. Just like like the hair mussied, smoking a cigarette. Oh God, I fucked up, Flicker. I fucked up real bad. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, four. Rit- Richard Powell and his wife Alice were married for 34 years until his death and had two children together. Citation needed. <laughs> that is what that is what Dick Powell's Wikipedia article says. Goober meter. Goober meter, uh, the new one, which measures how fucking sick of this shit is Andy. Andy does lose his cool in this episode. Andy does like yell at, at them. Finally, it's like, I'm tired of being polite. Get the fuck out. But it takes a lot to get him there. And he... I don't think the Goober meter is that high on this. I think the Goober meter is like a two. I'm going to put it higher than that. I mean, he is, he has like two nervous breakdowns. He almost like throws up in a fucking diner. And he almost gets like left by his girlfriend. I put him at like a six. It is, it, it keeps with the theme of, sins of the past coming back to haunt this man like he fucked up a long time ago with the fun girls and it is still reaping consequences for him so i'll, I'll put it like a six he's not okay right. he's, he's not he's not okay he's not coming out of this unscathed so that's it for this episode remember uh you can get on our patreon eight dollars a month uh, patreon.com slash breaking Mayberry to help support us get into our, our discord uh, get access to all of our bonus episodes make us watch things all sorts of fun goodies there eight dollars a month patreon.com slash breaking Mayberry we did the plug for the swords earlier please buy a sword 
I think that's it for us this time. Dan, any yeah. other thoughts before we head to the fishing hole? No, let's go to that fishing hole, bro. All right. We'll see you all down at the fishing hole. Thank you.